Todd Karpovich joins us from down at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. 1045, play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, who joins us roughly once a month or so. Adam Pohl will join us, and we'll go uh, into a deep dive into how uh, the Bowie Bay Sox are doing. I think they just had a month of going 20-7 and under uh, Buck Britton. We'll talk to Adam Pohl about how Yusnail Diaz is doing, how Dean Kramer's doing, how Zach Lothar's doing, and a whole host of other uh, players that are becoming um, parts of the Orioles' future on an almost daily basis. As we mentioned, 11.05, Craig Heist joins us. And then at 11.35, i got an old friend of mine on the program, uh, Adam Gladstone, introduced me to Rob Nelson a few years ago. It's been, I can't believe it's been about three and a half, four years since I met him. This book, Ball Four, is it on screen? Ryan, is this on screen? Yeah, uh, hold it up a little higher, Stan. There you go. There Perfect, go. right there. All right, right there. there you go. Jim Bouton passed away. Uh, Jim Bouton originally wrote um, uh, Ball Four back in the, uh, I think, 1970, 71 is the year it first came out. Jim Bouton this past week passed away at the age of 80 from complications surrounding dementia. Um, uh, And Rob Nelson is going to join us. Rob Nelson, you may remember that name. He is the founder of Big League Chew. Uh, And Big League Chew, why don't you hold up a pack of Big League Chew? I'll hold up multiple. In honor honor of Jim Bouton's passing, I gave the guys – uh, packs of uh, Big League Chew. Now, the reason that Jim Bouton and Big League Chew will forever be uh, linked is that Rob Nelson was Jim Bouton's teammate in the mid-70s with the Portland Mavericks, uh, um, an independent league team at the time. I think they played at kind of like the AAA level, but they were an independent, so I'll find out what league they were in and all that stuff. But so what's that got to do with uh, Big League Chew and Jim Bouton? Well, Rob Nelson threw out the idea to Jim Bouton that he had this idea of shredding up bubble gum like chewing tobacco and putting it in a little pouch and selling it. Jim Bouton thought it was a great idea and said, I'm in. Uh, And as I understand it, he put up a good chunk of the seed money, uh, probably from his World Series appearances in 63 and 64 with the Yankees, maybe even in 62. Uh, but Jim Bouton uh, put up the original seed money, as I understand it, uh, for Big League Chew, and the two were partners for 20-plus years, uh, remained friends for a long, long time, uh, and uh, we'll, chew, uh, we'll chew a little Big League Chew today on the program in honor of Jim Bouton. I, would, I was seriously debating having a wad of gum in my, in my right uh, cheek you, before the show. You're allowed to today. All right. On most days, awesome. I would say not, but today uh, we'll allow you to When, do when we come out, out of the break, I'll, I'll have one. All right. Ryan McGettigan is behind the board today, and over to my left is a young man who I've gotten to know over the last six or seven weeks, introduced by Gary Stein, and he's come in and filled in in miserable ways here on our podcast, uh, doing social media. So you're tweeting out now that yes. Uh, yes, who I the am. guest list is? Yep. Todd Karpovich, Todd Karpovich, Adam Pohl, Craig. Craig Heist, Rob Nelson. Yep. That's what we've got in yeah. store for you from the Live Casino Hotel Studios. Um, 
Thought I'd get into, first of all, last night's uh, Oriole game. Listen, the Orioles are the worst, have the worst record in baseball. They're playing baseball at a 300 clip. They're 27 and 63. The Detroit Tigers are 28 and 56. So those two teams are battling for the number one pick. And they're not that far in front of the Kansas City Royals, who are 31 and 51. They're not out of the hunt uh, either, either, either. Those three teams are three worst teams in baseball by record. Uh, but last night's performance by the Baltimore Orioles, seven runs in the first inning by Dylan Bundy. Uh, after the game, we find out that Bundy had a bit of soreness in his knee. Um, maybe that's why his pitches didn't have quite the finish or a little extra uh, movement. But it was a poor, poor performance last night. And the Orioles ultimately uh, played one of their probably top five worst games of the year, losing last night 16-4 to to a team, the Tampa Bay Rays, who I got to tell you, I was impressed – with the way they came out last night. Now we can sit here and make excuses for Dylan Bundy about his, uh, you know, his injury, how he pitched, and all that. But they clearly had a good notion, Ryan. Uh, probably uh, I listened to Mike Bordick and Steve Molesky after the game driving home talking about this. They probably took a good look at the video of some of Bundy's recent performances, and they came in with a plan to attack the fastball, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 16-4 to the final at Oriole Park at Camden Yards last night. And I think it's time we get something off our chest about Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in like 2000, I want to say 2009, 2010. Can you find that out for me, what year he was drafted? Yeah. We were told by then um, – uh, director scouting Joe Jordan that Dylan Bundy was a was a when you watched him pitch as a high schooler in Oklahoma that Dylan Bundy was a, like a man playing with boys um, and that he was such a workout warrior we heard that you know I got to tell you I'm 67 years old I got quite a little paunch I'm probably 35 <laughs> pounds overweight. Uh, I don't think Dylan Bundy has much on me. Uh, this is a guy who looks like he hasn't really done much aerobic workouts. Uh, he, his sweat level when the weather is hot is just absolutely unbelievable. I had somebody last night text me this, and I thought these things, but he told me to look up, and maybe you can do that for us, Griffin. Yeah. Uh, go to Dylan Bundy Baseball Reference. And kind of look in the, the splits area about his how he pitches in domes and how he pitches in April and May as opposed to other months of the season when the heat starts to bake you a little bit. That he is not in major league condition. Um, and uh, listen, Don Bundy takes the ball most times, but not a guy that goes very deep in ball games. Um, it's mostly by pitch count, not by innings, but he's not a guy that is durable uh, at all. And um, it's nice that he takes the ball, but he really should have been more truthful with manager Brandon Hyde last night about his uh, 
knee bothering him if that, in fact, was the case. Yeah. Uh, today, the two clubs will play a day-night doubleheader. This is separate admissions. Um, first game starter is... Uh, Brooks. It's Aaron Brooks is yeah, the Aaron opener. Brooks. I was I got stumped by who's pitching for Tampa. They are starting... I know they're starting so, McKay. So yeah, the Brandon first yeah. McKay. They're starting yeah. Brandon McKay, the uh, two-way player, mm -hmm. uh, in game one, and in game two is an all-star matchup of John Means versus Charlie Morton. That game at seven o'clock. So game one at one o'clock, game two at seven o'clock. The Orioles play the Tampa Bay Rays, and then the two sides will uh, finish up tomorrow uh, with a uh, game at one o five at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Then the Orioles will host the Washington Nationals, the red-hot Washington Nationals, uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday night, both of those games at 7.05. How hot are the Washington Nationals? Well, <laughs> they are, after last night's 4 nothing shutout win behind Steven Strasburg, the Washington Nationals are 29-11 and over their last 40 games. But that's the good news. The bad news for the Washington Nationals is that they have really – only picked up during this stretch about two games on first place. Remember when they started this stretch 40 games ago, Philadelphia Phillies had a probably an eight and a half, nine game lead over the Nationals. Now the now the Nationals are in front of them with the number one wild card spot. But unfortunately at the same time that the Nationals started to go 40 and 11, the Atlanta Braves must be, per, I mean, excuse me, 29 and 11 in the last 40. Uh, fi Griffin, I know I'm giving you a lot of assignments. I got if you. Could yeah. look up Atlanta's record <laughs> in their last 40 games. Yeah, that right. I mean that that's what happens when you have All Star Ronald Acuna and uh, young, was it shortstop Ozzy Albie's? Yeah. No, second baseman. Second baseman. Densby Swanson. Right. Josh Donaldson yep. has gotten red hot, and a uh, they bunch brought of up Austin Riley about forty games exactly. ago. Exactly. Not to mention Julio Tehran. Yeah, Julio Tehran. So, look a out. Lot of, a lot of good pitching there. Look Dallas out. Keuchel pitched a brilliant seven innings last night against the San Diego Padres. So Atlanta has a six-game lead over the Nationals, and that's probably, I'm guessing that the Atlanta Braves are about the same exact record over the last 40 games that the uh, Washington Nationals are. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Nationals were two or three games behind Atlanta um, for th in third place when they broke apart from the Mets. But the Nationals playing some incredible baseball of late, uh, and I fully expect them to dispense of the Phillies. I'm looking at a three-game sweep there in the city of brotherly love. Uh, so I got some ugly Dylan Bundy stats. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. So in uh, so right so looking at his first half compared to his second half ERA. Yeah. It's uh 4.28 in the first half to a 5.51 in the second half over yes. his career. Over his career. Yeah. Okay. That so would, then that would speak a little bit to conditioning, I would think. Go yeah. ahead. And then uh, his worst ERA by month in his career is July. Right. Uh, with 7.35 in 13 starts over his career. Over his career yeah. in and July. Then, yep. And then in April and March starts, his ERA is 3.47. Okay. How about that, May? That's his lowest. How about May? May is 4.5. 4.5, which yeah. is sort of his career Yep, is more like that. That, yeah. again, I think speaks to your point, Stan, of conditioning. Yep. Yeah. The big How about factor. August? 
August is 4.67, actually. So okay. not so below 5. But June and July are the really – Yeah. Uh, well, well ju- June, June through August is – Yeah, June he's actually got a 3.99 ERA okay. and 14 stars. Yeah. So that's – Does not it have – do you see what his, uh, his career record is in dome stadiums? Oh, I can find or that Or is there you. a break uh, – there's not a breakout like that. But anyway, we remind you – that this program is heard um, from the live casino and hotel studios. We urge you to see, this is what happens when I don't have a co-host, but I got you guys here that can talk. I got to get Facebook up because I have to like and share the program as well. And I urge all the people following this show, watching it on Facebook Live to please like and share the program. Have both of you done it? Yes, Yes, of course. Of course, I'm the only one that hasn't because I'm the one talking. Okay. Which is understandable. So. Yeah, it's understandable, but it's still, busy with. it's still not It's not right. It's just not right. All right, here we go. Uh, do you have those numbers? Have you been able uh, to? For the dome? Not yet. I'm trying to find. Oh, here we go. Uh, so he has eight games in domes. His ERA. There we go. Six point three two in domes. Okay, That's, yeah. that doesn't back up that. Yeah. Okay. And then, but in open stadiums, four point five nine. So, okay, it does not do. Um. All right. Now, if I can trouble you, if you could get the Atlanta Braves record in the last forty games. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm and then we can on move that. on from there. But again, guest on the program today: Todd Karpovich, Adam Pohl, Craig Heist, and Rob Nelson. Got to tell you right now before we make our connection with Todd Karpovich that Saturday, August the 17th, Dwight Yoakam with Sugarcane Jane is playing at the Advent Center at Live Casino Hotel. Tickets are $45, plus you get back a $10 free slot play with each ticket purchased. So let's say you want to take a date to go see Dwight Yoakam. That's $90 but you get $10 per purchase ticket uh, and free slots play. So it's really $70, plus you got that $20 of slots play that you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend can apply. All right. Do we have uh, Todd Karpovich? We do. We do. I will put him through right now. Todd Karpovich joins us right now. And Todd, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. I managed to navigate the sinkholes in a rather trip yards in one piece. But were you? I'll tell you what, it'll be tough sledding during the week to get down here. Yeah, were you there last night? I was not. I, I, I thought it was in a Shakespeare play last night. Oh, how did she do? She did awesome. She played uh, Bottom and Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. She, she did, did really awesome. Did she do better than Dylan Bundy last night? I think if I had to uh, pick a player, I'd take my daughter, uh, Marta. I, I think the sinkhole <laughs> did better than Dylan Bundy last night. All right. Well, apparently he, was, he said he was. Uh, he tweaked something in his bullpen, but, right. you know, if if you, if... if I get trying to suck it up and help your team with an injury, but you're not helping the team by giving up seven runs in the first inning. You know, if you're hurt and you can't help the team, you know, you just got to gotta do what's best and take you a know, rest. You know what's a little troubling, though? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm sort of – I'll take him at his word that, that it was a knee – he tweaked his knee and he wanted to suck it up. But does that explain um, an 0-2 pitch to, like, the number seven hitter or eight hitter in the order – an 0-2 pitch that he plants in the ground that Cisco had no chance to get, uh, that plated run number three. Does that explain why he can't throw over to first base to keep a guy close to the bag 
and why he repeatedly allows base runners to steal on him with not even a glance over or a throw over. Yeah, it's, it's technical stuff. You yeah. know, it's the mental errors that drives Brandon Hyde nuts. It's, it's, it's really for a guy that's now been in the big leagues, we, we get the fact that his development was curtailed due to the Tommy John injury and some other injuries and Tommy John surgery. But, but at this point in time, this is supposed to be a professional out there. So even yeah, he's, given, just, he's not progressing the way, the, the he, way they expect. Even given his knee problem last night, there's just simply no excuse for the continual uh, barrage of uh, sort of mindless pitching uh, by Dylan Bundy. Yeah, and it's just, there's just no consistency at yeah. all. And that, that's, that's the problem. He just, you know, he pitches well for a few, few starts, and then he falls apart again. Yeah. And that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, quite a quite an interesting doubleheader today. The Orioles are going to take a look at the newest member of their team, and apparently, according to Brandon Hyde, uh, hopefully the newest member of their rotation. They picked up Aaron Brooks uh, when Oakland designated him for assignment. Uh, the Orioles still have the number one pick, I guess, when, on you know on the waiver wire. So they picked Aaron Brooks up as a guy who they feel is probably better than. David Hess is right now, probably better than Dan Straley right now, and he's going to serve as the opener today, which to me translates into probably two innings pitch tops uh, by Aaron Brooks. But your thoughts? Yeah, and uh, you know what? You can't. It's really a no-lose situation. It's a great opportunity for this for Brooks to make an impact to kind of stick on because there's definitely, definitely an opportunity here to be part of this roster the way the way the team's pitching. You know, the other guy, well, i got to be honest with you, Asher Wojciechowski is a, you know, he's a fringe major league guy. He did a nice job in his first start, I think, in Toronto. The second yeah. start wasn't very good. Last night, there were glimpses of, of a guy that might be able to do a job in the, in the middle innings in relief. Uh, but the guy who was impressive, and it's interesting, and I know how the Orioles are juggling a lot of things, but is Tom Eshelman. Uh, his start in Toronto was very interesting. And um, do you know whether we're due to see him again in the not-so-distant future? I would imagine we would. I mean, the way the way Brandon Hines is searching for answers with the starting rotation and, and, and the bullpen. So I, th- I think that book's open for everybody. I think if you if you have a pretty good outing or you pitch well effectively, you know, for a couple innings, you're going to get another opportunity. You know, they, they brought up David Hess today. Um as a 25th man, you know, for the doubleheader. So, you know, maybe he pitches well, maybe he sticks. You know, who knows? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think in the second half of the season, we are going to see, a, you know, a pretty consistent shuttle from Baltimore to Norfolk, you know, to Billy, as they, they try to find guys who can, who can make, who can be effective. And then, of course, we get the trade line coming, yeah. trade deadline coming up. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen there and how many, uh, you know, spots are going to open up. Well, the trade deadline, of course, and again, we remind folks that there is only one trade deadline now, and that's July 31st. Apparently, you can make deals of um, minor league players or people that are not on the 40-man roster, but boy, you can't imagine a contender is going to be really hot to pick up anybody that's not on, like, the Orioles' 40-man roster other than perhaps a catching guy, you know, like a Jesus Sucre uh, or an Austin Wins. Uh, and I don't know, Wins may be on the 40-man roster right now. But, you know, uh, a team uh, like the Yankees, I know that they're going to fortify their organization and make sure they have one or two 
decent defensive catchers in case they need somebody in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I would second see it definitely see that happen. You always need catching help um, because there's just not a whole lot of depth across the majors. And Orioles, Orioles are in a position right now where they do have some depth of catching. Yeah, they can absorb. They can absorb something. You know, no question um, about that. No question about yeah. it. We're talking to Todd Karpovich. He's our Orioles beat writer. So an interesting look in Game One, and I know you're going to be down at Camden Yards today for both games of the doubleheader. Uh, first game, we see Tampa's prized rookie, Brendan McKay, uh, who is a two-way player, a la Shohei Otani. Uh, yeah. McKay is a first baseman, left-handed hitting first baseman, and a left-handed pitcher. Uh, he starts in game two. What have you heard about McKay other than that brilliant performance against the Rangers before the All-Star break? Look, Tampa has a great record for developing players. Um, you know, to think about what they've done as far as what they've traded away and how they keep rebuilding that club and how they keep winning. They just have they have some really great scouts down there. So, you know, when these guys are taking them out for the race, you know they're, you know they're going to be good players. And that's, that's been the difference with the Rays organization and the Orioles in the last couple of years. They just have a great firm system. They have great scouts. They bring guys up and they, you know, they kind of, they kind of, it's in pieces. You know, I think the Rays and the end today, the Rays, the Rays are in the playoffs, which is amazing considering the, the adversity they deal with down there with their stadium and budget restrictions. You know, what's, what's interesting about Tampa, and again, <clears throat> we'll take Dylan Bundy and the Orioles at their word that Bundy had a knee issue last night, but it clearly looked like Tampa, under Kevin Cash, they came out, and listen, they're playing for a lot more than the Orioles are. I know individually the Orioles, each player is playing for his, sort of his big league life, his big league opportunity, but Tampa Bay last night came out really wanting to make a statement that they intend to come in here and win all four games. I guarantee you Kevin Cash had a talk with his club that, hey, when we come out, we got to be smoking to make sure that we don't get overtaken by Cleveland and uh, Oakland, Boston, or Texas, that we, number one, stake a claim as being the number one wildcard team, and number two, maybe make a run at the Yankees if they slip. Uh, but I was very impressed with the mental attitude of Tampa Bay last night. It's a, it's a classic postseason mentality. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you know, and split, split with the good ones at home and away, and you're going to be able to put yourself in position to make a playoff run. And you're right. The Rays are, you know, the mentality this whole weekend is going to be jump out and Orioles get ahead of them because they, they're really a team that really can't play that well from behind. They get up on them early and put them away, and that's what they're going to do. I mean, um, hopefully the Orioles can steal one or two games this weekend, but it's going to be tough. This is a huge, like you said, this Tampa Bay team is focused, and they, 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 you know, they got their eyes on the prize. And and again, let's make no mistake about it, Todd. When when you can throw out a Blake Snell, and as they will tonight in Game Two, a Charlie Morton. Uh, that gives you a leg up over most teams. You know, the Orioles don't have a Charlie Morton, a Blake Snell. They do have no, John have, Means, and they've no. got Andrew Kashner, but the difference is quite quite remarkable. Yeah, it's a big difference. And, and the Tampa knows Boston's going to be breathing down their throat, you know, in August and September. Boston's going to pull the trigger, you know, in a couple moves. they got the, they got the uh, financial wherewithal to do that. So the Rays, they know they can't slip off. And like I said before, they're going to try to beat the teams that they need to beat and, and, stay, and stay, in the, stay in this playoff hunt until the end. 
All right. Um, Todd, if you could, because I know you're the type of guy, a lot of people in the media are pretty savvy at explaining things. If you could explain to somebody that's going to today's game, either game one or two or both of them, what they should avoid over there on Pratt Street and uh, at the ballpark. Well, stay away from Howard. Um, yeah, Howard best, Street is the real. Yeah, Howard and Lexington. Your best bet is to come through the harbor and make that right. Um, you know, like you're going toward 95 where Kim and yours is facing you. Right. And go in straight that way. Yeah. As opposed to going left on 95. Everything by the Baltimore, uh, by Royal Farms Arena is a mess. So avoid that part of the city. Right. You want to come in from 95 or you want to come in from the east side. So even so, even if you're, like, say, in Pikesville or Owings Mills, you might be better off going 695 toward Glen Burnie and coming in on 95 to 395, correct? That is definitely what I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's a good, a good rule of thumb. And I got to tell you, it's sad to say this. Uh, the, the Orioles have had some issues. Uh, remember the um, – uh, the, the race that came into you know town, uh, the um, the Grand Prix, that they, oh, yeah. they had issues yeah. with getting around downtown. This thing, this sinkhole, and the collapsed over there on Howard Street. This might affect Oriole traffic the rest of the season. Yeah, it could be a calamity. They managed twenty two thousand last night. I'll be interested to see if they get tonight. Tonight's Hawaiian shirt night, so I'm sure the people who had their tickets um, and are going to come. But again, the light rail's down. They have MTA buses. Coming, I've never seen it before. MTA buses coming into the stadium parking lot, which I've never seen. So I imagine there's a shuttle somewhere. I haven't looked it up, but I imagine there's a way to get public. They're easier to get public transportation into the stadium if you park on the fringe garages away from, or, you know, away from downtown. All right, Todd. Todd Karpovich, our guest. Uh, Todd, do you? I don't know if you've gotten the notes yet or not. Do you know who? Because we know Means is going against Morton in Game Two. Uh, do we know who's starting tomorrow at this point in time? Is there I a possibility? I think it's aren't up yet. I imagine Brandon Hyde is going to see how everything shakes out today and see what arms he has left. Right. Because um, they really taxed the bullpen last night. Right. And, you know, and who knows what's going to happen today. Well, um, actually, they didn't tackle, tax the bullpen that much last night. They taxed uh, Gabriel you know, Noah. He pitched yeah. six-plus innings last night. Yeah, well, I'm doing well. But, again, he's going to wait and see. I guess he's going to wait and see how this day shakes out, how many pitchers he uses. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I don't know if you have the records of teams in front of you. It's pretty clear. Yankees have a six-and-a-half game lead over Tampa Bay, nine over Boston. Minnesota, with their win last night, uh, kind of put the brakes on Cleveland's talk of uh, surpassing them, 57-33. and 33. And Houston, despite not playing particularly great the last 10 days, they still have a six-game lead over the A's and a seven-game lead over Texas. They're 57-35. and 35. This Oakland ball club, um, we gotta, we got to talk about them a bit, and I know we don't see them that much. I, I have the MLB package, and I play fantasy baseball, so I keep an eye on all the teams a little bit. But Bob Melvin... He may just be the best manager in baseball right now. Oh, he, he he's an old school guy. He has been at ten games over five hundred. Yep. And they're another team that deals with you know. I mean, they're uh, going to be. They're, with they're most likely. And and they're else, they're most likely going to be an eighty-eight to ninety-two win team this year. Oh, yeah, I would think so. Um, especially you know playing the West. Um, the Angels are at five hundred, and you know I guess uh, Houston's going to be tough to overtake. Um, and then, uh, but again, yeah. 
I think that, that, that West race is probably one of the better ones we're going to see. And the Indians are going to try to make a move on the Twins, like you said. Um, Boston, they're nine games out. Uh, Tampa, six and a half. So they got a chance to make a run on them. Um, I guess the best race in baseball is the NL Central, where the last place team is only five and a half games out. But again, um, this next couple of weeks is where these teams start to separate themselves. Um. Todd, the National League right now, the Atlanta Braves have a six-game lead over the Washington Nationals, seven and a half over the Phillies. The Cubs, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, all five teams in the Central separated by five and a half games. Um, None of those teams particularly impressive. I don't think there would be too many people predicting that any team from the Central will make it to the World Series. And the, no, Dodgers, the Dodgers have a huge lead of 12 and a half games. But the team that uh, my eye is on, and partly because I'm doing uh, mid-Atlantic sports report work a couple times a week over there at Madison Sports, uh, is the Washington Nationals. They're yeah, they're playing really well. They shut the Phillies out again last night. 29 and 11 over the last 40 games. They have kind of blown past the Phillies. And remember, they weren't just neck and neck with the Phillies all along. At one time, when they started playing for uh, 29 and 11 baseball, they were probably eight or nine games behind the Phillies, and they're now a game and a half ahead of the Phillies. Oh, yeah, they're firing the manager, they fired the pitching coach. You know, they uh, get ready to ship, and if they get their bullpen, if they can get their bullpen straightened out, they're they going to be a force in the playoffs. No question they had a about great it. Rotation. That 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 starting three of uh, Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin has now been joined by Annabelle Sanchez, who's been pitching some great baseball over his last five or six starts. That's a formidable That's a formidable out right now. Um, very interesting that uh, apparently Scott Boris, before the break, was in Washington, and you have to think that the Lerner family and Scott Boris are engaged in some conversations about how to keep Anthony Rendon in a Washington Nationals uniform. I would imagine he's he sort of become a face of the franchise. They can't have you know a Harper situation where a guy walking, walking without any type of um, compensation back. Um, and they, have, I think, apparently from what I've been, what I've been told, I don't know if you heard this too, but the chemistry in that Nationals clubhouse is a lot better since Harper without Harper in it. I mean, that's what I've been hearing about how they're they're more of a close knit group since they got him out of there. So, and I think it's starting to show. I mean, they're really playing well. Um. It sounds, yeah, that sounds about right to me. And I got to be honest with you. I think they have a rare opportunity there. Now, Scott Boris is probably not going to take this lightly, what I'm going to say, but he probably doesn't listen to the bat around. Um, he's got, he had Scott, I mean, he had Bryce Harper. He still has him. But Anthony Rendon, I think, is the better ball player of the two. And I don't think he's looking to break the bank. I think he's looking for comfort more than breaking the bank. And I think that's how Scott Boris is trying to thread the needle for his client to get him back to the team he wants to be with. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. He, he's, he's beloved in, uh, in Washington. They love him down there. I think he likes being there. Um, they've been a winner since he's been there. Um, so I could definitely see it. I mean, he's going to get paid, you know, no matter what. But if if you know, I don't know if you can say the hometown discount, but he's, he's going to get. I think he's going to get a fair market deal in Washington. I think that's all they're looking for. Yep, 
I, th- I think he's going to end up signing with the Nationals later. I agree. I, I agree. I yeah. think it might come in the next two or three weeks, too. I think they might get something done. Um, and that'll be a spark for them in the second half, too. Yeah. That type of news. That can energize the team. Hey, Todd, we really appreciate you joining us this morning. We'll uh, catch up with you hopefully next Saturday as well. Sounds good. Heading downstairs. Thanks. All right. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. There's Todd Karpovich. We'll have on with us in about 10 minutes. Uh, Adam Pohl, and let's make that more like five minutes for or six minutes for Adam Pohl because he had something he had to get to. But in the meantime, let me um, let me tell you about a couple things here. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. It's a special double issue celebrating Ed Reed's upcoming induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The legendary safety detailed his odyssey from an unheralded prospect out of New Orleans to a Hall of Fame career in Baltimore and his continued commitment to both hometowns. Plus, the teammates, coaches, family members, and friends that know Ed Reed the best share their favorite stories about him ahead of his induction. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at Pressbox Online. Dot com, And I did want to mention one other sponsor, that today's show, The Bat Around, is brought to you by Mobile One Synthetic Oil. It keeps your engine running like new synthetic mobile oils. Trusted protection, the mobile advantage, okay? Let me read that again. Today's show is brought to you by Mobile One Synthetic Oil. It keeps your engine running like new. Synthetic motor oils, trusted protection, the mobile advantage. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate at Camden Yards. Sliders Bar and Grill is at 504 Washington Boulevard, just steps away from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for every season. This is the perfect time to book your private party or take the office to lunch. Feeding clients, take them to Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar, Sliders, for great food and drinks with some local atmosphere. You can book your private event on the second floor or on the outside patio, both overlooking the best stadium in baseball. See all of Sliders' daily specials or book your party at slidersbaltimore.com sliders baltimore's neighborhood sports bar visit them today around here there are two kinds of chicken royal farms world famous chicken and everything else what's the difference royal farms chicken is always fresh never frozen it's hand dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store chicken from anywhere else who knows Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Listen up, O's fans. Two great giveaways are coming your way. On Tuesday, July 16th, the first 25,000 fans 15 and over can score their very own Brooks Robinson bobblehead, featuring one of Brooksy's famous diving catches. And on Wednesday, celebrate National Hot Dog Day and be one of the first 20,000 fans to receive an official Hot Dog Race t-shirt in the colors of ketchup, mustard, or relish. And you can enjoy $1 hot dogs, too. Be part of it all. Visit Orioles.com. 
This is the old left-hander Ross Grimsley. You know, I've always known a little something about special pitchers, but today I'm pitching to you about a very special restaurant, the Costa's Inn. Located at 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costa's Inn is known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. But get a load of the nightly specials. Monday night is rib night. Tuesday night, crab cake night. Wednesday night, steak night. Lobster nights on Thursday. Friday, Pete and Nick offer a variety of special dinners. Take it from me, Ross Grimsley. I'm no special. And the Costa's Inn is one hell of a special place. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down, introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice dream, Chick-fil-A lemonade, and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes, and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient-rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order, and get points towards free stuff at Our Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Plus, if you order using your app, your food will be ready when you get there. Stop by Chick-fil-A in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center at 5198 Campbell Boulevard and tell Steve we sent you. Join the flock as the Chesapeake Bayhawks face off against the New York Lizards for Chesapeake Celebration and Rivalry Night on Saturday, July 20th at 7 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Arrive at 4.30 p.m. to attend our new Lexus tailgate featuring games, live music, and complimentary Bud Light for ticket holders 21 and up. Tickets are available and start at $20. To purchase, visit the Bayhawks dot com slash tickets or call the chesapeake bayhawks ticket office at 866-99-HAWKS go bayhawks this is former Terp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster and from I the Baltimore can't... Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled uh... in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save you. Find Jobbing Out the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes. All right, we are back on the battle round from the live casino hotel studios, reminding you that uh, Glenn Clark and uh, Kyle Ottenheimer with Glenn Clark Radio every Monday through Friday from 10 to 12. And by the way, uh, we just covered about five weeks ago, we just covered a week for Glenn that allowed him and his wife to celebrate their anniversary in New Orleans. Uh, now they've got uh, part two of uh, the summer. Uh, where they're going to head down to the beach, not this week, the following week, and I'll have uh, most of the programs that week. All right. Uh, we remind you that the Battle Round is uh, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Studios. And, again, they've got a big concert coming up, and it's never too early to start. Just keep trying them, okay, because he's due to be on at 45, so he may not be by his phone. 
But um, it's never too early to get your tickets lined up for a great concert at the Event Center Live Casino Hotel. The next big one they have, they've got a lot of different events, but we give you the bigger name acts. Dwight Yoakam will be performing there August 17th. That's a Saturday at 8 p.m. along with Sugarcane Jane at the Event Center. Tickets are $45, uh, plus you get a $10 free slot play with each ticket purchase. So, again, uh, that's a good show for you to uh, try and get to if you like country music. Yes, sir. I, I will. I was just going to wait a few minutes, and I'll call him back again. All right. So, Sounds just good. wanted to let you know, Stan. All right. Keep you yeah, in the loop. A lot to, lot to factor in here. Um, we will be talking, hopefully, with Adam Pohl in just a minute. Adam, the play-by-play, longtime play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, and uh, a lot of interest, uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. The major league team, no question about it, the major league team is suffering right now. Uh, Baltimore Orioles have the worst record in all of baseball. They're playing at a 300 winning percentage. Uh, but there is hope on the way at all the levels in the organization now. The organization, I won't say it's teeming with prospects, but Dan Duquette and Gary Rasich did start the ball rolling on some of this. They deserve some of the credit for some of the blood that's um, in the system right now that will come up to help this team but it's not going to be this year, and a lot of it's not going to be next year. Uh, so it's going to be a while. And that's the double-edged sword that the club has right now with p- perhaps dealing Dylan Bundy. Uh, and, again, after last night's game, it's hard to imagine there'd be much of a market right now for Dylan Bundy. Uh, but um, also um, Andrew Kashner. Very difficult right now to see the team – trading either of those people uh, unless the return is something that really makes you better. I mean, trading a guy like Andrew Kashner to get back like a, a younger guy who's a year or two away that his upside is not that great. So what you do in a situation like this, you might look for the Orioles to package Kashner and Michael Givens or Kashner and VR to a team that's contending to really make them better and justify the return you get back being somewhat substantial. And I'm not talking that we're going to get three prospects. The idea might be to get one really top 100 player back for perhaps the two of them. Because remember, with the case of VR and Kashner, you're looking at guys that make substantial amounts of money. And right now, with the crowds the way they are um, and a lot of uncertainty in the franchise going on with the Masson situation, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how they navigate that. Remember, next year, Kashner, and I'll look it up, or maybe yeah, I guess can you look it up, his contract status. I know he had a two-year contract, but does it have an option for a third year? I don't believe it does, but it's possible that it does. Um, with VR, he's got one more year of arbitration. So VR is going to cost the Orioles six and a half to seven and a half million dollars next year. Um, does the club really want to spend that money on a player 
that's not helping them win. You know the old adage, you can win with them or you can lose with them or lose without them. Uh, you can lose with them or you can lose without them. Uh, this is a ball club that's playing a 300 baseball with Jonathan VR. Now, you can't do that all the time, but when you have a couple players that stand to make substantial amounts of money next season, uh, might be something to think about. All right? Do me a favor and call Craig Heist off the air and ask Craig if he could jump on now. It might be better for him, and we'll just blow past uh, Adam. Must have had a, a, a forgetful streak on the uh, part of Adam Pohl. We'll see if we can make that work. I yeah. have the 40-game uh, records for uh, the Phillies, the Nationals, and the uh, No, but I was asking you about that uh, Andrew Kashner. Sure. When still, I ask you on the radio, seriously, Griffin, if I ask you something like an hour ago and then I just ask you something and it looks like you're looking it up, you want to respond to what we were talking about. Okay. Okay. It does. It does look like he has an option for. Uh, okay. For Are you looking 20, under his baseball reference page? Yeah. Okay. Under more, it says salaries. Okay. Okay. Under salaries, it might say option or something like that. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, we're going to see if we can get grab Craig Heist uh, to join us a little bit early. Adam Pohl has uh, not been reachable. What did he say? He's good. All right. Craig is good. Let me All just right. put him through one All sec. Right. All right. Here. All right. What's up, Craig? Craig? Hey there. What's up? Hey, Craig. How are you? Thank you for accommodating us a little bit early. What do you got in store for yourself at about 1130 today? Well, well hey, what am I not good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, I'm filling in for uh, Mark Viviano on wall-to-wall baseball on Masson for between 1130 and 12:30. And Mark Viviano is hosting, filling in for Tom Davis, who's out of the ballpark. <laughs> okay, I got you. And oh, so Mark Viviano is Mark Viviano is hosting wall to wall baseball, and right? You're, and you're the sidekick for that hour. Well, yeah, because that's what I do best. <laughs> All right, yeah, you're a good sidekick. There's no question about it. Hey, Craig, uh, you were at the game last night. Um, after the game, it was revealed that apparently Dylan Bundy tweaked his knee or something uh, prior to the game, and that may have had something to do with uh, the performance last night. Well, the seven runs in the first inning wasn't real good, and then there were times where it was three or four to nothing stand that you thought maybe he was going to pitch his way out of it and just keep the damage to a minimum, but then the, the whole inning got out of hand. He gave up seven runs, and you know, we find out after the game that he had a, a knee issue and some knee soreness. And uh, the disturbing part to me, at least from the way I understand it, is he didn't tell Brandon Hyde before, you know, the game. And, uh, you know, there <laughs> we have a few guys like that down with the Nationals that haven't told their manager that they're hurt and they go out and they try to play. And all they do is uh, worsen the situation. So... Let's hope that this gets treated and Bundy's ready to make his next start. But uh, that was a pretty ugly first inning, and then it just got worse from there. I mean, Gabriella Noah, give him credit. He, you know, he wound up beating some innings for for Hyde and the Orioles last night. He did, an, uh, he did an But he was probably he was probably forced to go longer than what he would have liked. Yeah, he did an exceptional job last night. in Noah it won't show up in the books, but pitching six plus innings last night really allowed the with a doubleheader coming up today 
uh, day-night doubleheader. It really allowed the club manager, Brandon Hyde, to, for the most part to keep his bullpen, uh, his powder dry out there. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, uh, again, uh, you, when you get down – when you get down by that much and then you're trying to play catch up, that's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, let's face it. We, we, we talked yesterday about the fact that, you know, this race team isn't hitting a whole lot of home runs, but they are a potent lineup, but they can score runs. And they proved that last night. And if you're them, think about, you know, coming off the weekend series before the break in New York against the Yankees, they had some head to head competition with them. Didn't really fare as well as they would have liked. Uh, and then head into the break uh, a little bit down because of that. But, boy, did they start the second half half off on on the right foot last night. I was driving home from the game last night. I left after eight innings and got in the car and happened to hear Molesky. Steve Molesky, by the way, congratulations on him getting the, the, the chance to do a big league game in the regular season. He did a well, that's not the first. That's not the first time that's happened. I, I know, did but it. I'm just congratulating him on getting a getting the gig to do a game. It was really yeah. Well, he's going to do several of them. That's, uh, great. that's great. This weekend, uh, there's some scheduling uh, snafus that have allowed him to do that, and uh, I think uh, from that standpoint, uh, you know, I think you and I were talking about this before the season because he did a lot of games on the internet during spring training. And and when they were maybe searching in the off season, I thought he would have been the perfect choice. I, I, uh, I think sometimes you know it's like Buck Showalter used to say: sometimes you've got your nuggets are right in front of you, you know. Uh, right. And I think Steve Molesky would be a great member uh, in an ongoing fashion of the Orioles radio broadcast team. Uh, no, I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, and that would provide more work for you and me on other things. <laughs> now, well, no, that's kind of to do it. Although I will say this, I did work with Steve, uh, or for Steve, when he was uh, down at the Virginia News Network. I used to do all of his stuff up here. Well, he's always been a professional. He's a good friend of both of ours, and there's a he's a really good good guy, and he does a really professional job. But, but anyway. I made sure I made sure I told him last night. I said, "Look, <laughs> if this is what you do in play-by-play means, <laughs> seven runs in the first yeah, inning, right. sixteen to four loss, get your butt back down to the press box." <laughs> you know, if I had if I had known that that he was doing the play-by-play before, I would have predicted this. Doesn't it always? Yeah. Seem well, when you get a new guy in the booth, it's amazing how sometimes it really uh, you get a game that gets out of hand. Um, Craig, I wanted to talk to you about Bundy's performance last night. I know we talked about it. We glossed over it. Knee or no knee issue. How about the 0-2 pitch when it's 2 to nothing? runners on second and third, 0-2 pitch, plants it four feet in front of Cisco. That allowed run three to score, which ultimately led to more. But how about the stolen base where he's not even looking over and lets the guy almost walk to second base. Yeah, it was funny. I, you know, I said to somebody last night, I said it, it looked like during that sequence that you're talking about that he mentally he just wasn't there yeah. in the game. I, you know, because I said there's an 0-2 pitch, and and there's a stolen base where, you know, like you said, he's not looking, and that winds up being a big part of that whole inning because what could have been shut down with minimal damage and then you give your, your team a chance to come to the plate and, you know, work on their own offense, turns into be seven runs, and before you know it, you know, that, that, <laughs> Brandon Hyde said after the game, 
we just didn't play well on all facets. And he was talking before the game about how he wants to see all that kind of change and, you know, play better fundamental baseball. And you think about them before the break, they were five and four. And then they come out and they have a, 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 a an inning like that and then a game like that. And, uh, you know, we saw a few of those. That's the third time this year, Stan, where they've given up 16 in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question about it. I think you have, you have the phone on. You had the phone on the pot, okay? So take, yeah, no, take it off. Okay. No, it's still on the pot. Okay. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick, uh, Craig, we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll be back with more after this. I'll be here. This is the old left-hander Ross Grimsley. You know, I've always known a little something about special pitchers, but today I'm pitching to you about a very special restaurant, the Costas Inn. Located at 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costas Inn is known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes, but get a load of the nightly specials. Monday night is rib night, Tuesday night, crab cake night, Wednesday night, steak night, lobster nights on Thursday, Friday, Pete and Nick offer a variety of special dinners. Take it from me, Ross Grimsley, I know special, and the Costas Inn is one hell of a special place. Listen up, O's fans. Two great giveaways are coming your way. On Tuesday, July 16th, the first 25,000 fans 15 and over can score their very own Brooks Robinson bobblehead, featuring one of Brooksy's famous diving catches. And on Wednesday, celebrate National Hot Dog Day and be one of the first 20,000 fans to receive an official hot dog race t-shirt in the colors of ketchup, mustard, or relish. And you can enjoy $1 hot dogs, too. Be part of it all. Visit Orioles.com. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for baseball season and all things sports with all of the big events on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wings and Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. You can also book your private parties at Sliders with great spaces upstairs and on the outdoor patio overlooking Camden Yards. Sliders, Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar. See them at slidersbaltimore.com and be sure to visit Sliders today. This is Ross Grimsley. Join Pressbox and myself at Sliders on Monday, July 8th for the All-Star Home Run Derby from 7 to 9 p.m. I'll be behind the bar as a guest bartender serving drinks and talking baseball. I'm even buying the first 50 people that show up their first Fancy Clancy Pilsner. That's right. The first 50 of you will get your first Fancy Clancy Pilsner on me. That's Monday, July 8th at Sliders Bar and Grill across the street from Camden Yards. The Home Run Derby, Pressbox, Fancy Clancy Pilsner, and me, Ross Grimsley. Go to pressboxonline.com slash Ross for details. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. 
the latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a special double issue celebrating Ed Reed's upcoming induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The legendary safety detailed his odyssey from an unheralded prospect out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to a Hall of Fame career in Baltimore, and his commitment to both hometowns. Plus, the teammates, coaches, family members, and friends that know Ed Reed the best share their favorite stories about him ahead of his induction. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. And and we are back. Uh, Stan the Fan along with Craig Heiss. Craig, are you there? I am indeed. We had a little technical glitch here. Apologies to that. Hey, Craig, I don't often do this when I have a guest on the show, but We've been rolling along for an hour, and I got to get a spot in for the Costas Inn. Can you help tell? Can you help tell our listeners and viewers on Facebook Live a little bit about the Costas Inn? Well, you know, it is crab season, and uh, anybody that uh, loves steamed crab should get their butt out to the Costas Inn. It's forty-one hundred North Point Boulevard, and they've got great specials on the menu all week long: crab cake night on when on Monday night, and then it's rib night on Tuesday night. Wednesday is steak night and i took part in that this week and uh lobster night you can have it either plain or stuffed with the uh, crab imperial that's on thursday night and just great specials throughout the week on the menu uh prime ribs certainly one of my favorites and uh as, as long as pete doesn't run out of it <laughs> <laughs> and, and that'll happen on occasion but nonetheless uh it's like it's just a great place to be live entertainment uh, wednesday night jazz night saturday or friday and saturday some good rock and roll. Uh, Rat Pack is there the first Friday of every month. And uh, don't forget on uh, Wednesday, you can also get half-priced uh, bottles of wine with your meal at the Costas Inn. That's on steak night, right? That's on steak night, All yeah. All right, sounds good. 4100 North Point Boulevard is the location for the Costas Inn. Family owned and operated since, what's it, 1971, Craig? 1971, yep. They're in business 48 years. Wow. They, 48 years. That's a long time, yep. Craig. You and I were kids back then. Uh, yes, we were. Tell us a little bit about what we got in store. Again, Craig Heist will be on with Mark Viviano hosting wall-to-wall baseball from 1130 to 1230 on Masson Sports. Uh, tell us what we got in store for this doubleheader today, the pitching matchups and all that good stuff. Well, uh, Aaron Brooks goes uh, game number one for the Orioles. Uh, since the uh, trade got him over here from Oakland, or actually the, the acquisition from Oakland. And uh, he was 2-3 and three with a 5-0-1 ERA. Brandon McCoy is his uh, opponent, and uh, he's 1-0. Uh, two big league starts uh, right now for Brandon. So uh, this could be one of those uh, opener-type deals, and you go from there uh, for, for uh, Kevin Cash today. But game two I'm looking forward to because John Means – Goes up against Charlie Morton tonight at 7:05, and Morton is 10 and two with a 2.32 ERA. It'll be a good test for John Means, who, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot to show for his work uh, over the last month, but nonetheless, uh, seven and four. But he's two and zero in his last six starts. Uh, so uh, again, Means pitching well. He was an all-star, didn't get into the game. Uh, happens tonight, but I'm looking forward to that one. Um. We're talking with Craig Heist, who's down at the ballpark right now. Craig, um, one quick question. Now, McKay, Brendan McKay, 
Tell me a little bit about why you think he might be an opener today. Didn't he pitch about seven innings against the Rangers about 10 days ago? He did, but there was some hint last night that uh, he may go that way, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, he, he's not been a starter, you know, that long, so it's it's quite possible it could turn into a bullpen, bullpen game for Tampa, depending on how it goes offensively for the Orioles. Uh, again, the matchup's 1 o'clock today. It'll be Brendan McKay against Aaron Brooks, and then tonight it's 7 o'clock, so long day for the media covering this game. I'll be at the day game, but I have a wedding to go to tonight. Uh, but John Means goes against Charlie Morton in a matchup of all-star teammates from just this past week. Uh, pretty significant. Craig, before we let you go, because I know you got a little prep to do and to get ready and get your makeup on and get all your hair straight to be on TV, um, tell me a little bit. All, all, all the same problems that you have. Yeah, exactly. Two handsome guys <laughs> like us. Tell me a little bit about your um, your estimate of where the Nationals are last night. They beat the Phillies. Phillies are struggling. The The Nationals seem like they're ready to pull away and separate from the Phillies. I love the matchups this weekend for the Nationals. I think they're going to sweep the Phillies. Um, but your thoughts, 29-11 and 11 last 40 games. Yeah, since uh, May the 24th, and uh... – Keep in mind, on that date, they were 12 under 500 and 10 games out. So they've made the run. They've gotten themselves back in it. It'll be uh, uh, Patrick Corbin on the hill tonight, and I think he goes up against Aaron Nola. Tomorrow is going to be a little up in the air because uh, Annabelle Sanchez is going to pitch that game tomorrow and not Max Scherzer. Okay. Uh, Scherzer's dealing with the lower and mid-back issues. Okay. The tight the tightness, but there is talk, or he feels like uh, he could go game one uh, against the Orioles here at Camden Yards on oh, Tuesday luck, night. lucky for the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, they, they had a string of 21 consecutive games in which they had homered, snapped last night. Uh, Juan Soto, Ryan Zimmerman had sacked flies. Uh, you know, they Victor Robles had a two-RBI hit. So that's where the runs came from. Uh, but, uh, again, three scoreless out of the bullpen. And uh, you have to like that if you're a Nats fan because that was the part of this team that was so much maligned in the first six weeks of the season. Hey, our uh, intern and social media expert Griffin Bass has been looking into it. The Nationals, 29-11 and 11 over the last 40 games. And remember, at the time they started that streak, Craig, they were probably nine games behind the Phillies, which shows you how bad the Phillies have been over the last 40. I bet they're 20 and 20 in their last 40, but Griffin knows how Atlanta has been the last 40 games because we really haven't, uh, when I say we, the Nationals haven't really picked up much ground on Atlanta. Uh, Griffin, what's the record? Uh, Atlanta is 26 and uh, 14. Okay, the last 40. so, and the, so Phillies... the Nationals have picked up three games on Atlanta but the team that they've really picked ground up on and now are putting in their rearview mirrors, the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, like I said, if he checks into that a little bit more, he'll he'll realize that that was a 10-game deficit for the Nationals Behind when they the were Phillies. 12 under 500 at yeah. 19 and 31. Okay. 
And what have the so, Phillies been the last 40 games, Griffin? Uh, the Phillies yeah. are 17 and 23. The Phillies are 17 and 23 in the last 40. So the Nationals have picked up 12 games on them right now. Yep. Yeah, that Bryce Harper move is looking to be a good one. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, last question for you, Craig, and then I truly will let you go. Your thoughts on um, the news that Scott Boris showed up in Washington last weekend uh, your thoughts on that and what it portends concerning uh, Anthony Rendon? Well, I think it's a good sign that they're talking. And, uh, you know, he's always had a real good uh, relationship with the learners. I'm talking about Scott Boris. So who knows? Maybe it gets done. Uh, I, I don't think the Nationals can survive a PR hit like they took with Bryce Harper. Yep. But you're looking at a situation now and I think there's probably two faces to these to this franchise. The first one being Max Scherzer, the second one being Anthony Rendon, and in no particular order. Uh, but but they can't afford to have this go the way of Bryce Harper, where it gets down to the end, and then you don't sign him at all, and you get you know virtually nothing, in, in, in you know coming back your way for it. But uh, I do not see them trading Anthony. Yeah. But I do see them signing him, and it's probably going to be for a lot less money than what the Harper contract was with Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's going to be in the two twenty-five. You know, somewhere in the two fifteen to two thirty range sounds yeah. about right. It might be one year less than Harper got, or there might be options in it, or something like that. But let me ask you a question: They have sprung some signings periodically, the Learners and uh, and Scott Boras. What is your, uh, right now, do you think the timing is that this could be announced in the midst of this hot streak uh, and and almost serve as another, like, you know, ring on the bell that, hey, we're really in this thing? Well, you kind of hope that's the way it works out, and I could certainly see that. I mean, I just think back to the Steven Strasburg signing for three years yep. uh, with his opt-out option and and – Nobody, I don't think, saw that coming down the pike. Right. So from that standpoint, the two sides got together. But I think in that situation, Strasburg was very, very thankful, if you will, for the Nationals and the way they handled him during all the injury issues that he had. Uh, and then, you know, he, he feels comfortable here. He wants to be here. I think that had a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, they got him signed and... Look what he's doing this year. He's got 11 wins now, and he's won seven of his last eight starts. So uh, he's very much as as big a part of this uh, run that they're on as anybody else. All right. Listen, Craig, I appreciate your being on and uh, um, and filling in for, uh, you know, our guest situation. Enjoy yourself working with Mark Viviano and wall-to-wall baseball on Masson. And I'll see you out at the ballpark a little after one, okay? All righty. I'll talk to you then. All right. That's Craig Heist, uh, our usual co-host there. But he's got the uh, uh, the added TV responsibility this morning where they pay real money uh, over there. Uh, Stan the Fan along with Ryan McGettigan and uh, Griffin Bass is with us. Griffin, uh, so let's be clear now. Nationals are 29-11 last 40. Atlanta twenty six and thirteen or twenty six and fourteen. Twenty six and fourteen. And the Phillies just seventeen and twenty three. Yes. Wow. So that explains uh what's happened there. And you'd have to wonder, uh it's not 
Andy McPhail's style, and I was just reading something on MLBTradeRumors.com about Andy McPhail and uh, the, the approach that the Phillies are going to have. He's a realist, uh, and I think he realizes we ain't going to get two really great top-of-the-notch top starters right now without giving up everything we got in the farm system. We'd be better off waiting till the offseason and really sort of reconvening this thing and trying to get better for next year because their starting pitching, guys, has not been up to snuff at all. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. All right. Um, what I want to do is take a quick break, not a full break, but uh, let me let me tell folks about the Costas Inn, and then you play a couple other spots, and I'll explain to you who I've arranged for uh, us to have in about uh, 10 minutes, all right? all right? Right now I'm going to tell you about the Costas Inn. You heard Craig Heist do his spot for the Costas Inn. Well, now it's my turn to do mine. Uh, I know some something about something special and the Costas Inn is a special place. The people that work there, the people that own the place, and the people that frequent the place make it so special. It's got a, it's almost like a, an upscale. Now, upscale makes it sound expensive. Inexpensive, um, cheers that serves food. Okay, um, you feel at home at the Costas Inn. The waiters and waitresses know your name. Uh, it sounds like the song from Cheers. But anyway, Craig Heiss likes to talk about the specials. I talk about special in a different way, but they do have great specials. Monday night is crab cake night. Tuesday night is rib night. Wednesday night is steak night. Thursday night is lobster night. And on Friday, a whole host of other specials. And I, it's a maybe you know. Is Monday night crab cake night? Monday night, I believe, is crab, crab cake, cake night. Yes. And Tuesday is rib night. And I think that's what yes. I said. Okay. But I get that. When I make a mistake on something, it'll last 10 years, and I keep making the same mistake because I can't remember which way I screwed it up. But the cost is in. 4100 North Point Boulevard. We didn't stress this when Craig did his spot, but the cost is in is a great place for a family birthday, an anniversary a graduation party, um, Costasin can handle, uh, you know, as big a party as 30, 40 people in-house uh, to two people or one if you're by yourself, okay, if you're lonesome. Uh, go to the Costasin, call them at 410-477-1975 to make your reservation. And remember, you can't walk into any great crab house and just come in and order. Got to order your crabs in advance 410-477-1975, the cost is in. This is it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, what do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Oh. Or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack Obama? Uh, you know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. But I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. 
If trying something new was a bad idea, many of us would still be wearing polyester. This message is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You may know us for our great burgers and wings, but Glory Days Pros. Mix it up with the fresh cedar plank salmon. Cut in-house and grilled to perfection. Or sizzling and juicy steaks. Meaty ribs. We have handcrafted salads and sandwiches by our talented chefs. Change tastes good. We promise. Experience the Glory Days Grill menu in all its glory. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. All right, we are back on the bat around today. We remind you on Monday through Friday, it's uh, Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer with Glenn Clark Radio. <clears throat> We've got just uh, about 45 minutes left on the show. Reminder that at the bottom of the hour, at about 11.35, no, in five minutes, in five minutes, I'm sorry. 11.35, our guest will be Rob Nelson, who is the founder and owner of Big League Chew. The reason we're having him on, his original partner in Big League Chew, the man who put up some of the investment money, was Jim Bouton. Jim Bouton pitched for the New York Yankees. Uh, in the early 60s, pitched for eventually for the Seattle Pilots, I think, in 1969. And let me look that up. Hold on. Uh, Jim. And by the way, I want to remind you again, if you are watching us on, if you are watching us on the program uh, on Facebook Live, please like us and share us, okay? Even if you haven't liked today's show. All right. It helps us. It helps us. Trust me. All right. He pitched for the Yankees 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68. Went to the Seattle Pilots, if I'm not mistaken, in. <clears throat> oh, it, it refers to them not as Seattle, S-E-A. It refers to them as S-E-P, Seattle Pilots. Boy, that is really pathetic. Then he pitched for the Astros, also in 69 and 70. And then he came back to pitch for the Atlanta Braves in 1978 as a knuckleballing relief pitcher. Um, He was uh, quite something, though. But he wrote the book Ball Four, uh, I believe, in 1970 or 71. It first was released. It's had several uh, updated editions. It's an American classic. Uh, Jim Bouton passed away this week at the age of 80. He was Rob Nelson's original partner, put up some of the seed money in um, in starting the company Big League Chew, which exists today. Can you hold up, guys, your packets of gum? Big League Chew. Yeah, Big League Chew. Best gum ever made. Really? Best you gum like ever it? made. Yeah. Love it. Now, are you a baseball player? Of course. So you, you like to chew while you're playing? Yes, yes. What's it, relax you? It relaxes me, keeps me, uh, keeps me entertained. I guess when those young little leaguers were throwing balls left and right, right. So I was chewing out in the outfield. And you a second baseman or an outfielder? I was mostly an infielder. Infielder. Yes. Second base. Yeah, second base. Yeah, you look yeah. like a second baseman. What position were you? Catcher. You were an outfielder. All right. You look like a catcher. Oh really? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, 
Rob Nelson going to join us in uh, a few minutes at 11.35. He's uh, looking forward to talking about his friend Jim Bouton, who passed away this week at the age of 80. Um, <clears throat> you guys won't remember this because it's uh, 1973. A movie came out. Jim Bouton was a pretty cool-looking guy. I mean, if you look at the... If you look at oh, the, he was a stud. Yeah, he was. Where are the pictures? I know this book had pictures. Hold on a second. There it is. My kind of book. No, he he <laughs> was he was always. That's a picture of him. Oh wow. This is a picture of him in the movie. There you go. In the movie, The Long Goodbye, where he played uh, Terry Lennox um, in a Philip Marlowe detective story, and he plays a important but small role in the movie and Bouton was a great great looking guy um, this is this book was autographed by Jim Bouton in Durham North Carolina he he came to the regulator bookstore there and I think I bought my wife told me we have five copies of this book wow, so I don't know uh, Jim Bouton passed away this week at the age of 80 years. 80 years of age uh, from complications surrounding his dementia, which has uh, gripped him uh, for the last few years. And uh, sad uh, because he was a really vibrant, good guy, really good guy. Had an interesting life and career in movies, in television, being a TV sports reporter, and also as a player and an author. Eric Garfield, by the way, is an old friend of mine. Eric used to work with, um, I think it was Steve Davis on the Sportsline program on WBAL radio here in Baltimore. But Eric lives in Sarasota. Eric uh, is uh, the proprietor of the Baltimore Snowball Company, which has the snowball concession at Ed Smith Stadium. Um, Eric is going to join us. He texted me early this morning as we were starting the show. He's on. Uh, joining us right now is my friend Eric Garfield. And, Eric, is the Baltimore Snowball Company still in existence? Uh, right now, no, it's not. Okay. How are you, Sam? I'm Happy doing Saturday. great. How are you feeling? Uh, a little bit better. Okay. You are getting a little bit better. Eric was involved in, I won't go into details, but Eric was involved in an accident where somebody hit him, an automobile hit him while he was on his bike this spring. That was just, what, about a day or two into into the, the exhibition season? Right, February 28th. So right. I think there were two games, before, two home games before it, and three total games. Wow. Okay. But right now the company is sort of on hiatus. That's a good way to put it. Sort okay. of on hiatus. You're I'm trying to trying figure. To recover. Yep, yep. How's the recovery going? It's going all right. Uh, it's physical therapy is helping a lot. Thanks for asking. It's slow. Uh, it's slow. It's a slow go, though, right? I feel like I'm 40, so yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's All the right. Way to summarize that. Well, all right. Um, hey, you texted me just as we got on the air today that you're out at a Gulf Coast League game at Ed Smith Stadium right now. Yeah, it's kind of crowded. When I got up to. Uh, to uh, turn around, I noticed, you know, there's like 75, 80 people here. So I guess a lot of people were expecting Adley Rutzman to play. He was added to the roster on Wednesday night. 
so he is he's not playing. But it's okay. kind of crowded for a Saturday. It's also not as hot as it's been the last couple of weeks. So. Now, are the Gulf Coast League games? Do they charge to get in, or is admission free? Totally free. Totally free. And how many games does the Gulf Coast League uh, Orioles play at home at Ed Smith? Do they play like twenty-five or thirty games, or do they play more like sixty home games? Oh, I want to say around like 18 to 25 at home. Okay. I've been to like five or six. I'm watching the Pirates today. I know their starting pitcher because it's the third time I've seen him. I know their whole lineup. I know their <laughs> three-hitter, their four-hitter. So I'm kind of like scouting both teams. But it's a, it's a great baseball environment, especially for, for free. Now, and Adlai Rutschman isn't in today's lineup, and Eric yeah. is Eric Garfield is reporting to us that he's been added to their <laughs> roster, so he's going to play in the next day or two. But Gunnar Henderson is playing? Gunnar Henderson is playing. He looks nice in the field, but he looks really relaxed and pretty smooth in the batter's box. He had a nice single right through uh, first and second, uh, his second at bat, and then a uh, guy after him got a double, the catcher, the cleanup hitter, or the six hitter, so... He scored, and the Orioles are up one nothing now. I'm just curious, and if you don't know, that's fine, but what number is Gunnar Henderson wearing? He's nine. Nine, okay. That's kind of what I, I had him as a nine. He, he left-handed he hitter. He looks nice. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a real good ball player that they 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 made a calculated move to that they were going to figure out a way to pay him over slot and get him. Remember, he had the – the commitment to Auburn was offering him a full ride for four years, but he can pay for college eventually with the extra six, seven hundred thousand dollars he got in his signing bonus of two point three million dollars. Um, what's the Gulf Coast League Orioles record right now? Do you know? Oh, they're good. I want to say they have maybe ten or nine wins out of. 16 or 17 games, okay. they usually, you know, what I'm seeing is kind of like a pattern. They score a lot, and they're <laughs> and uh, it's like an Oriole. pitching can't protect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense is subpar, but they can they can score. You know, their runs per game is probably the highest in the Gulf Coast. Okay. So they're fun to watch if you want to go see uh, some doubles. And I've even seen a couple taters. And no the, one's hitting one out today. And the, ex, very windy. and the ex-Oriole, Alan Mills, is the manager of that team. Um, the real Millsy, the yep, original Millsy. Yep, Millsy was a terrific relief pitcher for Baltimore Orioles. They picked him up uh, from the New York Yankees, uh, and he had a nice uh, five, six-year run with the Orioles. Tell us, are, uh, we know the name Adelaide Rutschman, of course, the number one pick. We know Gunder Henderson. Are, are the rest of the makeup of that team, are there a fair amount of the draft picks that they signed on this team? Okay, for this year, not. Not or uh, for this year's draft picks, not really. They're kind of like adding them in and sprinkling them in. Okay. And the original roster included none of them. Okay. And uh, quite a, a, a few handfuls of the draftees from last year, the guys who showed well or you know showed they could handle the innings. Okay. And that's that's like the nucleus of the team. But you know, you got a guy as talented as Gunnar Henderson. Right. You know, you'll sprinkle that in for ten at bats, for twenty at bats. You know, there's your starting shortstop, and he, you know, he 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 looks the part, right, inserted right in. So, for a fan like me, it's kind of exciting to yeah. see uh, a guy that young. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the, you know, we've never gone through a full blown rebuild like this, and while 
the product at the major league level is is not you know it's not great it's interesting on the days that they get well pitched games which is about 60% of the time they get a well pitched game uh, right. but the other 40% is terrible but if you're a fan like you are and of course you know I am the the concept of hearing these names Gunnar Henderson and and Grayson Rodriguez and uh, DL Hall and Austin Hayes and Dean Kramer and Yosniel Diaz it starts to get a little exciting uh, at the at the at the at the whole concept the the gestalt of what the Orioles are doing right mm-hmm. now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The nucleus is forming, and it's the the outside circle right now. It's going to narrow itself and get smaller. And probably, if everything works out right, the names that you said are going to be the people that that are included. They have a catcher down here that's the usual cleanup hitter name uh, Burgess. I mean, he's got a great arm. Really? The first thing I saw him, the first time I saw him, he stood up and threw out a very fast runner at second and made it look easy. He had him beat by a foot. The next half inning, uh, he got an RBI double. You know, he he's very young, very stocky, but he he's shown signs of looking like more than organizational depth. So, there, it, it's, you know, this is this is what we got for this year. So I'm glad to, to see it. I'm glad to have the opportunity to see it. We're talking with Eric Garfield, a good friend of mine. Eric was a producer at WBAL Radio and Sportsline. And was that with Steve Davis? That was with him a yep. very, very long time ago. Yep, yep, yep. Probably, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Nine years ago, good guess. Nine right years ago, okay. <laughs> You're pretty close. So nine years ago, and uh, you relocated to Sarasota, Florida, um, do you keep up, how well do you keep up with the Orioles on TV? Do you have Masson or the MLB package down there? Absolutely. Yeah. I have every game on. I'm actually extremely upset that because of the blackout rules, I can't watch the Masson broadcast when they're playing the Rays because right now it's oh, Ben geez, McDonald. Would, I, lo- I love oh, to hear his voice. Right, right, but right. I have to watch the Rays broadcast for the Rays. Interesting. But, yeah, I watch I, I just about every every single game. I'm, I'm as a fan. I'm very satisfied that uh, they decided to tear it down. If yeah. you're not going to win with uh, the big names and the big stars, yeah, if, you're not, if you're not gonna win with if you're not going to win with if you're not going to win with if you're not going to win with 150, 160 million dollar payroll, you got to break it down and start all over again. Um, I'm curious, you know, I got asked this question yesterday. I was on the Mid-Atlantic Sports Report, and and Alex Parker, the host who does such a good job two or three days a week on there, he asked me the question of comparing, because they showed some stats, comparing the, the 2018 team to the 2019 team. And he said, talk a little bit about, you know, your your take on these stats. And I said, forget the stats for a second. The biggest difference is the 2018 team was a huge disappointment. The 2019 team, there's no expectations whatsoever. So that's right. that's what the big difference is. Maybe like a matter of, of mindset for yeah. the players, for the organizations, and kind of for us, the fans, for, for you, for the media. You know, you're going to have to look at things a little bit realistically. The pitchers that, you know, are going to strike out the most people and the, the batters that are going to have the highest average best on base percentage you know they're going to be in cities that aren't baltimore for the next 150 200 games 
So if you can't if you can't accept that, then yeah, this team's going to be a big disappointment too. But most of, most of the fans that I know are smart and are realistic and are willing to accept it as long as they have a, a positive vision of what's coming in the future. I, I I think that it's been a long time since I could say that, but I'm pretty comfortable saying it now. Yep. Well, I, I think the the future is pretty bright. It's not the future will not be in the 2020 season. 21, I think the team will start to be reasonably respectable. And by 22, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with as a little strong at 22, but I think they'll be a contender by 23. That's that's my take on it right now. You know, I'm a fan, so I'm I'm along for the ride no matter how long it takes. All right, well, I'm pretty confident I can say the same thing about you, but it'll yep. be... It'll be fun to be a part of. All right. Listen, continue the uh, the rehab and getting better. Uh, time will heal all things uh, when possible, whenever possible. And I know it's a long process for a young guy like you, and I know what a great, uh, passionate athlete you are. How's Scooter doing, the dog? He's doing great. You know, he never got in an accident. He's not in recovery, so right. he's, uh He's holding up very well. He's All the right. athlete that he, he's 100%. All right. Well, listen, stay well. Thank you for texting me this morning. You don't know how it helped us today because we had a guest kind of flake out on us. So, uh, yeah, I know how we that goes. It. All right. <laughs> Eric, thanks, thanks a million. Enjoy the rest of the ball game. All right. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. Later. All right. All right. There's Eric Garfield. Again, uh, his company, and I will tell you this, he was hit by a car down in Sarasota was not his fault at all. He was on a bicycle, and he has had uh, – it's cost him for at least the foreseeable future his livelihood, uh, and he's living in Sarasota, and uh, he's a great kid, worked for WBAL, a huge Orioles fan, and uh, uh, we wish him nothing but the best. All right? Uh, we are going to ju- – we're, we're probably over – played spots right today on today's program have we overplayed spots we have well one one more break left okay yeah well then what we'll try and do is get past it uh here and i'm gonna do one spot right now that i know i haven't read yet but i gotta find it and that spot is bear with me i know it's in here spot is about the Chesapeake Bayhawks. That's right. Join the Chesapeake Bayhawks in Annapolis on Saturday, July the 20th at 7 p.m. That's a week from today at 7 p.m. as they take on the New York Lizards. Arrive by 4.30 p.m. to attend our new Lexus tailgate. Tickets start at $20 to purchase. Visit thebayhawks.com slash tickets or call the ticket office at 866-99-HAWKS, go Bayhawks. And while I'm talking about the Bayhawks, I'm going to talk about the Ironbirds. Now, we just heard Eric Garfield, who's down in Sarasota watching the Gulf Coast League Orioles, and we do know that Adlai Rutschman has been put on the roster, and there was thought that he would play today. That's why they had, when he said there was a big crowd, I thought he was going to say, I looked around, there were three, 4,000 people. There were 70 or 80 people at a Gulf Coast League game. Uh, and admission is free of charge. If you somehow are listening or watching from Sarasota, you know, try and check the newspaper or call them. 
uh, Gulf Coast League Orioles or call Ed Smith, the ticket office uh, or box office, and find out what their schedule is or Google them. That's probably the best way. Google them and check out the schedule. So we know that Adelaide Rutschman is due to play there shortly, if not tomorrow, maybe Monday or Tuesday. But we also know that Mike Elias said that they hope to have him up playing at Aberdeen. And I'm guessing that's going to be in two or three weeks that he'll get up to Aberdeen. He's going to ramp up baseball activities again, get some at-bats there at the Gulf Coast League, and I would anticipate that Adelaide Rutschman will be in Aberdeen sometime by August 1. That's about my timetable. But let me give you a couple other dates. It's Steam Crab Night. Uh, that's this coming Friday, the 19th. The Ironbirds will take on the uniforms of the Steam Crabs. They will take on the name, the Steam Crabs. That's on the 19th. On Friday, the 26th, so it's back-to-back Fridays, it's Wizard Night. On Friday, July 26th. Then on Friday, August 9th, it's Star Wars night. And don't forget, every Friday night is Fireworks night uh, this uh, 2019 season. For the full schedule of Ironbirds baseball, visit ironbirdsbaseball.com. That's the Aberdeen Ironbirds, all right? Um Orioles have a 1 o'clock date with the Tampa Bay Rays. That date, we can call Rob now. Um, Aberdeen, uh, the Baltimore Orioles will take on the Tampa Bay Rays at 1 o'clock today. Brendan McKay is uh, the pitcher that will uh, face off against Aaron Brooks. Brooks making his first appearance as a Baltimore Oriole. He is an upgrade over what they've had, no matter what the performance is Today, Aaron Brooks is a bit of an upgrade. This is a guy who the Oakland A's have had the past couple of years, and Billy Bean doesn't keep uh, garbage around very long. Uh, Aaron Brooks will start today as the opener, but the club, I think, looks looks to stretch him out over two or three appearances. Not answering? Okay, what else can happen today's program? Boy, podcasting business is very difficult. Just want to make sure I give you the right number. Uh, Rock there Bato. we go. Okay, we got it. Rock Bato said that. Okay. What's that? Dylan Bundy has right knee tendonitis. Okay. So potentially could head to the I.O. Okay. That's unfortunate to hear. Okay. Bundy's performance last night just really not up to snuff, and it came out afterwards that he didn't tell Brandon Hyde that his knee was bothering him. Listen, you know, Dylan, uh, I question a little bit his his workout regimen today, what kind of shape he's in, but uh, nobody questions Dylan Bundy's heart. Um, and joining us right now is an old friend, and we'll get this together. Rob Nelson joins us. Rob, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks. Happy to be here. All right. Rob, tell us, first of all, the weather in Portland. How is it? It's always sunny in Portland. It's 75 uh not a cloud in the sky and no humidity right no, absolutely not tell me before if we there, go ahead go, go ahead. ahead tell I me was gonna say, if every day were like this in portland we'd have five million people here so <laughs> we're, we're enjoying it uh tell me real quick you first got to portland as a member of the portland mavericks which was an independent league minor league team 
Well, it's it's presumptuous to say I came here to be a Portland Maverick. It was <laughs> everybody came everybody came to try out, and yep. I, so I came here in June of 1975, and uh, the tryout didn't go so well. But I fell in love with the city of Portland and just hung around until things improved. That's what I was going to say. So you got there in '75. So you've spent the better part of 45 years of your life in Portland. It must be a pretty special place to you. It's very special, and you know what? When I tried out, I had one good outing and one disastrous outing, and I knew I'd pitched myself off the team. And there were two, three hundred guys trying out for the Mavs back then. Right. And and I told Bing Russell, the fellow who owned the team, that I knew that I was not going to make the club, but that I wanted to stick around. I'd throw batting practice for ten bucks a day and sell tickets on the phone. And that's exactly what I did. And then, as luck would have it, I had presented a Bing with an idea for a baseball day camp, which he loved. It was called the Little Maverick Baseball School. And he helped me set it up with the town, the city of Portland. And that's what kept me here. I, I had a job. In fact, there are a lot of Maverick teammates who are still here in town who said that the first two jobs they had were playing for Bing and then working for me at Little Mavs. Now, the stadium that, that you played in with the Mavs, does that still exist out there? You know, it's it's a beautiful, I hate to say it, soccer-specific stadium uh-huh. now for the uh, Major League Soccer Portland Timbers. They, they've got kind of soccer city thing going here. When they renovated the ballpark, they took away left field, uh, much to my dismay. I had sent drawings time and again to the, to the owner of the, the, uh, the team here, Merrick Paulson, and explained to him how this could be the Fenway Park of the West. Because Major League Soccer fields are so wide, Mm-hmm. It would have been easy to move seats in from left field to accommodate soccer and then move them back to accommodate baseball, much in the in the format of, of, of Fenway Park. But uh, apparently Major League Soccer wanted soccer-specific. Right. Knew that that's what the league wanted. So he made a business decision, and I can't fault him for it, but it does break my heart to see that left field is gone and it's full of uh, footy fans. And and they are they draw very well for the soccer, though, don't they? Uh, it's it's extra, it's one of the stronger teams in the league. Uh, it, one of the interesting things about it, it's an old stadium that with great renovations. It's near light rail. It's in the center of the city. Uh, there's a great buzz. I, the, the Timbers Army fan base is, is renowned and fanatical. It's a great experience if you're into soccer, and a lot of people out here are. And what's its seat? About eighteen, twenty thousand. 20,000? No, they just recently expanded it. It's probably closer to 25,000 now. Unbelievable. And it's packed every time the Timbers play. Unbelievable. Plus, they have a women's team in the women's league, uh, the Thorns, and uh, they outdraw probably every other team in the league. They might outdraw the entire rest of the league combined. Wow. Uh, there's that much fever out here for that. All right. We're talking with Rob Nelson. The reason I had Rob on, Rob is the founder and owner, still currently owner, of Big League Chew. Uh, which what year my guys are holding up? I got interns on the show. You can you can watch it on uh, later on on Facebook Live. Rob, I gave them a couple packs of uh, of the bubble gum. Um, what year did you start Big League Chew? Well, the 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 lightning in a pouch moment, as my dad would call it, uh, was in the summer of 1977. Jim Bouton and I were sitting in the bullpen. And uh, that's how the conversation the conversation came up that uh, neither he nor I chewed Redman. 
and uh, I'd said I'd like the idea of shredding gum, and things just happened. But it was the summer of 77. Jim Bouton said I could sell that idea, and true to his word, he did. So by January of 1980, Big League Chew was on the shelves. And Jim Bouton, did he did he end up selling the idea to people that put up the money, or did Jim put up some of the grub stake to be a part of this? Jim and I, Jim and I became partners on a handshake. He put up about ten thousand dollars so for me to make prototypes. As luck would have it, one of the dads in the little from the Little Maverick Baseball School was a patent and trademark attorney by the name of Dan Chernoff, who was from the D.C. area. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan and I got along great. He, he was also a Cornell guy. In fact, he spent seven years in Ithaca uh, in the electrical engineering department and then uh, in the, the law school. And he's the one who did all the legal work. But Jim is the guy who was the original and only investor in Big League Chew. So he did two things. he Well, three things, actually. He understood that I really had something special, yep. number one. Number two, he put his money where his mouth was. And then the just busted his butt and found a company that would make Big League Chew. It was a small division of Wrigley at the time called Amaral Products Company. And uh, we had a three-year deal, thanks to Jim Bouton. We're talking with Rob Nelson, and if you could do me a favor, I'm talking to my producer right now, Ryan. If you can call Adam on the phone number I gave you over there and let him know everything's cool, but he's calling on our call waiting. And uh, uh, we had a guest flake out on us. He forgot that he was doing the show, and it created a lot of tumult today, uh, Rob Nelson. But I don't want it to, to distract us from the conversation. Jim Bouton passed away this this past week at the age of 80. I'm assuming he was still a friend of yours until the day he passed. Uh, absolutely. I, I knew that he was not in great shape. And over the last five or six months, I went to see him four or five times. And each time I saw him, Jim was, you could just see that he was fading. He went from being a very young 70 year old. Right. Uh, and, and he had a couple of strokes and then he had some, uh, uh, some brain issues and memory loss and so forth. It was tough for me to go see him, but he was just the greatest guy right to the end. Did he... uh, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, yeah. Jim used to say he was going to change his first name to Controversial because <laughs> any any article always talked about Controversial Jim Bouton. He, he, he was going to become C.J. Bouton because he became <laughs> part of who he was. But I will say this, when he came to Portland, he was beloved as a teammate. We thought he was hilarious. Plus, he was still the bulldog. He could still go out and do the job. You know, it's remarkable. And when whenever you and I talk, uh, we invariably end up talking about Bouton. And I had remembered because I the copy of the book that I bought, Ball 4 plus Ball 5, that he autographed at the Regulator Bookstore in Durham about 20 years ago, has a picture of him in an Atlanta Braves uniform, like the side sleeve, you can tell it's like the tomahawk. He actually, yep. through, through going to pitch at Portland, he made it back to the major leagues, albeit briefly, in the 78 season for the Atlanta Braves as a knuckleball pitcher. Well, you know, he, he had a great season in 77 for the Mavericks. Ted Turner... And he were the same age. Right. And uh, Turner gave him a shot. And Jim earned his way back to the big leagues. He pitched for Bobby Dews uh, in Savannah in double-A and had a great season, got called up in September, pitched a couple of great games. 
And uh, and then when the season was over, he said, well, I've done that. And, and I just wanted to see if I could. And he walked away from the game on his own terms. But I got to tell you one thing. When he made it back to the big leagues, he made two calls out to Portland. One was to me, and another one was to a fellow Maverick, Steve Katz, uh, who's a, a sports chiropractor now out in California. And Jim flew us to Atlanta to see his first start against the Dodgers. And we couldn't believe that he did that. Steve had helped Jim in terms of uh, nutrition and keeping his arm in shape and so forth. And uh, and Jim and I were just kindred spirits. And and, and so he, he did that for us. And we, we still can't believe that he that he, he was so so generous and so magnanimous in the middle of this unbelievable comeback that he still thought about his old Maverick teammates. That's that's a great story. Um, you know, I'm. He's got a special place for me. One of my favorite all-time movies is The Long Goodbye, uh, directed by Robert <laughs> Altman. Uh, and yes. it's the Philip Marlowe detective story fast-forwarded into 1970s L.A. And Jim Bouton played a small but significant role. He played a character named Terry Lennox uh, in, right. in the movie. Uh, and I won't give it away or anything like that, but... This is one of the the most interesting and handsome guys I've ever seen, and I don't talk generally about guys' looks. How dynamic a guy was he when he was really thirty five to forty years of age? He was he was just such an authentically good guy and a real interesting observer uh, observer of people. And uh, you know, we can talk, I guess, a little bit about the battered bastards of baseball, the documentary that was done about the Mavs, and there are clips of Jim on Johnny Carson, and he looks and sounds like a rock star. I mean, he and Johnny Carson just hit it off. It it was just such a classy moment. And, of course, it gave the old down-and-out Mavs some real street credibility that one of our star players was on national TV. But Jim belonged there. And the thing that was interesting, he wasn't a hot dog in terms of, hey, I'm Jim Bouton kind of thing. I would ask him to do little things, and he would do it. Uh, I remember once I had a discussion with Bing Russell because the last year I was the pitching coach and I had an idea and Jim and and Bing said, I love this idea. We started Jim instead of having him go a side session in between starts. We started him on a Friday night because we knew we could draw a big crowd. And we had a press release that said, Jim Bouton starting tonight, but get there early. He's only going two innings. So we wanted to be the first professional team to have an opener. Jim went in and he did his side session in front of 5,000 people and, and then he pitched again three, two days later. And uh, he was willing to do that kind of stuff because he was just so open-minded about stuff. Um, the book. The book originally came out, Ball Four, in 70 or 71? 70. 70. So when he battled back to make it to the major leagues, there was some scorn within the game toward him for writing a quote-unquote tell-all type of book, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was, and and uh, it was unfortunate. There, there are probably parts of Ball Four that Jim wish he hadn't written, but for the most part, like ninety five percent of it, yeah. was just what a goofy bunch of human beings those guys were. <laughs> I mean, even at the single A level, it was like summer camp, except that you got paid and and people cheered you or booed you. And Jim loved the whole theater of the thing. That's one of the reasons he got along so well with Bing Russell. I mean, Bing was the sheriff on Bonanza for 15 years. He's the father of Kurt Russell. Kurt was a teammate, and and he and Jim just hit it off great because they uh, 
they were such upbeat guys. So the negative part of that whole book thing, by the time we got to know him in Portland, there wasn't a, te- a guy on that team that didn't think Jim was absolutely a great guy. A lot of old school guys didn't like the fact that Jim uh, told stories that were less than flattering about right. people like Whitey Ford and Mickey Mantle, and guys didn't like that. There are fellows today who still just don't think very highly of Jim, and, I'm, and I feel badly for them because they missed out on a really great guy. Tell me, tell me this, if you, if you know the details of this. Apparently, uh, Jim lost a daughter early, uh, and Mickey Mantle, who had sort of blackballed Jim because of some of the things he wrote in the book, Mickey Mantle reached out to him. Are you familiar with that story? You know, I saw that clip from Jane Levy, and, and she's got that story wrong, actually. Okay. What happened was that, Jim, uh, when Mickey's son, Billy, passed away okay, in, I believe, 1995, Jim wrote to Mickey Mantle and, and basically said, like, you know, we, we have more in common than not. That right. We are fathers of sons. We're, we're part of the Yankee alumni. And I'm just reaching out to tell you how, how badly I feel for your loss and how sorry I am that, that this has happened. And, uh, Jim had told me, he said he was on the fence and he didn't, he didn't know if he should do it or not. And he decided to do it. Yep. And, uh, I remember it in such detail because I remember Jim's secretary, their office, his office in Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, his, his secretary, Gloria said to Jim, when he came in in the morning, he said, were there any messages? She said, I think you should sit down and listen to this one. And it was mm. a tape of Mickey Mantle and Jim saved the tape. In fact, they recently announced that all of Jim's uh, artifacts have been uh, uh, are part of the Library of Congress now, and I think that conversation is part of it. And I've heard wow. it, and it's Mickey Mantle saying, "Jim, uh, really appreciate your your message, and it really means a lot to me. And and I want you to know that I have no hard feelings about Ball Four, and that uh, in mm. terms of you going to the old timers game, he says I'm all for it, kind of thing. And and Jim Bouton, it's it's like he he he. He got 15 years younger right. when he heard that thing. He was just so ebullient that that the Mick was willing to see the bigger picture. Yep. And Mickey was Mickey. Let's put it this way: Mickey was as gracious as Jim was through that whole episode. It was a classy move on both guys. That's a that's an incredible story. An incredible story. Uh, Having said that, the other thing that you mentioned about Jim losing his daughter that was true. It was the same week that that there was the the tragic Princess Diana crash in, in Paris. It was the same way. How, uh, was, how old was Jim's daughter at the time? Lori was uh, in her early 30s. Uh, she was rear-ended uh, in an accident in mm. New Jersey. Mm. Uh, she had gone over a hill, saw an accident up ahead and slowed down, and the driver behind Lori was unaware of what was going on and, and slammed into her, and she died the next day. Mm. It was... It was just terrible, just awful. Jim really, he went into a funk for a very, very long time. What what, what kind of family man was Jim like? As I alluded to, great-looking guy. Was he a solid husband and father to his kids? You know, I, I think so. I, I You know, I was out here on the West Coast. He was, yep. still lived back in New Jersey. You know, his first marriage to Bobby didn't work out, but they were married for a very long time. Uh, they had, uh, their adopted son, David and, uh, Michael and Lori, whenever I went over to their home in, uh, first Inglewood and then Teaneck, it was, uh, uh, a great time. And with his second marriage to Dr. Paula Kerman, uh, she had two kids. And when I'd go there for you know the holiday season, 
it was really fun. It was like a, to me, it was like a Norman Rockwell painting. I always looked forward to going over there. It was a lot like a clubhouse, very irreverent. You know, you would show up and they'd say, where'd you get those trousers? You know, (laughs) nothing was, uh, you know, nothing was uh, uh, sacred. Hey, tell me this about Jim Bouton, because you knew him so well, and you probably being contemporaries, somewhat contemporaries of him, he was he burst onto the scene in 1962. Goes seven and seven. He started 16 games, pitched 36 games. The next year, his first full season in the major leagues, he wins 21 games. He started 30 games and pitched in 40 games. So I'm imagining he won some of those out of the bullpen. The following year, he goes 18 and 13, and then the Yankees started to suck. And he started to suck at the same time, didn't he? You know, it's it's really a cautionary tale. And and uh, you know, when Strasburg came in and was pitching for the Nats, the 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 whole idea of minding his innings and being very careful with his arm that didn't happen back back in the sixties. And and the thing is, Jim never complained about that. If I'm not mistaken, his first two years, his first full two full seasons. He threw over 300 innings each year. And Casey Stengel had left the Yankees, and Ralph Houck was the manager. And uh, he was known as the major. And and, uh, and Jim threw a lot more innings than he should have. I mean, to win almost 40 games in two years. I mean, he lost to Don Drysdale in the World Series, a one nothing game. Uh, he won two World Series games in 64 uh, against the Bob Gibson Cardinals. I mean, that was the beginning of the end for the Yankees. But uh, Jim used to say he had a Volkswagen body and, and, <laughs> and, and threw like he was, you know, was a, you know, a V8 engine, and his body just broke down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was, it was that, unfortunate. But that's, that's basically what happened with Jim. And then being resourceful, he went to the knuckleball, which always messed around with as right. a kid. And uh, so he stayed around in the game. Baseball was lucky that he did because he never would have been a Seattle pilot and would never would have written what a lot of people consider to be one of the top five baseball books ever written. We're talking to Rob Nelson. Rob is the founder and still to this day owner. It's had some changing hands, but Rob still owns Big League Chew. Uh, I'm going to give you an idea. My wife today said she realized I was having you on and she and I I put the book ball four out on my table last night because I wanted to bring it in to read one little excerpt from it but she said uh yeah he's the guy that did uh, big league chew and I said he did it with Rob Nelson and she said I've looked on eBay my wife's an avid eBay person the uh, bags of gum on eBay I think are already going for twenty dollars a bag this week. I don't know if you've checked that out, but I wonder, I, I don't know what would be involved with this, but but I'm not looking for you to profit, so to speak, off of this idea. What about a special edition of 5,000 bags of gum with Jim Bouton on it? And maybe the uh, money... Uh, maybe I've the, already got something, I've got something similar to that in the works. Okay, great. Uh, I definitely want to have a character with the number 56 on it. Okay. Uh, from this day forward kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I'll send you the tribute that, that Ford Gum and I uh, put together. Yeah, I'd uh, love to. To honor Jim. Okay. You know, it, it really, uh, he's the guy, he was the straw that stirred the drink. Yeah, I mean, there's I no question. Teacher. You, you know, he was the guy who made it happen. You know, I, it's so 
magnanimous of you to say that because a lot of people get caught up in the ego. Well, that was my idea. You know, an idea is, is great to have, but I met somebody who invented an incredible piece of athletic equipment down in Durham, North Carolina, when I lived there 20 years ago, and I was trying to help him, and he had the trademark on the piece of equipment, but he thought the idea was the thing, that that's the value, and not understanding how to make it happen, that piece of equipment is sitting on the graveyard of uh, pieces of gym athletic equipment. It takes somebody to make something happen, and I, I think it's magnanimous of you to admit that uh, so openly, and I know your fondness of Jim, but uh, I think it's so important that we understand that an idea is a great thing, but then, then somebody can come along and help you execute that idea. They're just as important. No question about it. When I do talks at schools and sports teams and so forth, you always talk about the team effort there. And and Dan Chernoff as a, a patent and trademark guy, stepping forward. Bing Russell giving me an opportunity to be a part of the Mavericks, even though I couldn't pitch a lick at the professional level. And then Jim just listening to a wide-eyed kid coming up with a wacky idea. A lot of people could have put up ten grand, and people say, "Geez, he, he only put up ten thousand dollars and got half the business for twenty years." Uh, I would have done it again in a heartbeat. He 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 absolutely was as tenacious as a businessman as he was, you know, on the night. He was the bulldog, you know, in the boardroom. Yeah, uh, no no doubt about it. It's funny. After I spoke to you yesterday, I texted our mutual friend who introduced me to you, Adam Gladstone. I said, "You know, Jim Bouton died." I said, uh, "I think you ought to." drop a little text or call uh, or call Rob. And he said, I already did. Talk to him last night. Yep. Uh, you, know, you say, one thing I do want to say when you talk about the, the, the whole idea of it takes a team, Jim was always great when people say, we understand that you invented Big League Chew. And he said, actually, no, it was my left-handed buddy, Rob Nelson. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, you know, Jim used to say I had the inspiration and he was the perspiration. And I thought that was hilarious because that's really true. Once I knew that something was going to happen with Big League Chew, I went back to South Africa and played ball there. I ended up going to Sydney. <laughs> I finished my baseball life pitching in London, largely on the back of, yeah. let's face it, bags of pink shreds of gum. And, uh, you know, this week I'm still reeling from the, the whole idea that the guy who made it happen is no longer here. Bing Russell's gone and, and, uh, and Jim Bouton is gone. And all I can say is the end game is just terrible. I miss those guys already. And, uh, and at the same time, I'm really grateful for who they were and what they did for not only for me, but for anybody who touched them. Is there going to be a funeral or a, a memorial or you coming, coming east for that? Uh, I will be coming east. I still do a kids' baseball camp on Long Island. I'm taking my 15-year-old son, Charlie, to uh, a lacrosse event in Massachusetts uh, next week. I haven't heard back from Paula. I've just kind of let that yep. lay low. I can't imagine what's going on in that household because my phone, since Jim passed, has been exploding with texts and voicemails and so many kind people just reaching out saying that, I'm sorry you lost your buddy because a lot of people look at us like Butch and Sundance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm honored to be, to have been a part of that whole thing. Uh, it, it, you know, my dad was a New York city cop and, and, he liked the fact that his three sons have had, had full lives and very successful lives, and we've done some fun things. And 
I love my dad's line that how great it would be to be comfortable and anonymous uh, <laughs> as opposed to being rich and famous. And because of Jim, that's what I've been, except for Halloween night uh, you know, here in Portland where everybody knows where the gum house uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much you know under the radar. And, and again, that's all because of Jim. Hey, I wanted to read uh, the last couple paragraphs of the original Ball Four without oh, the wow. – uh, without. He's talking about his uh, former uh, major league pitcher that he knew, Jim O'Toole. He says, and then I thought of Jim O'Toole, and I felt both strange and sad. When I took the cab to the airport in Cincinnati, I got into a conversation with the driver, and he said he'd played ball that summer against Jim O'Toole. He said O'Toole was pitching for the Ross Eversoles in the Kentucky in the Kentucky Industrial League. He said O'Toole, yeah. he said O'Toole is all washed up. He doesn't have his fastball anymore, but his control seems better than when he was with Cincinnati. I had to laugh at that. O'Toole won't be trying to sneak one over the corner on Willie Mays in the Kentucky Industrial League. Jim O'Toole and I started out even in the spring. He wound up with the Ross Eversoles and I with a new lease on life. And as I daydreamed of being fireman of the year in 1970, I wondered what the dreams of Jim O'Toole are like these days. Then I thought, would I do that? When it's over for me, would I be hanging on with the Ross Eversoles? I went down deep, and the answer I came up with was yes. Yes, I yep. would. You see, you spend a good piece of your life gripping a baseball, and in the end it turns out that it was the other way around all the time. Uh, the last uh, words of Jim Bouton in Ball Four. Rob, uh, I'll talk to you soon, okay? Can I say one last thing? You sure can. One, one lucky happenstance is that before things went south for Jim physically yep. and mentally, he read the book, and the audible edition of Jim Bouton reading Ball Four is a classic. Okay. He's laughing as he's reading it. He's not a professional reader. Right. And I said to his wife, Paula, <laughs> it's an amazing story. I'll have to get a copy of that. Hey, it's really uh, good. Just put, have it in the car. It's like having Jim sitting next to yep. you reading his book. It's wonderful. All right. And take a look at uh, the long goodbye when people get a chance. Uh, Terry, <laughs> Terry Lennox has an interesting ending in that, in that movie. Thanks he very sure much, does. Rob. Thanks very much. I always appreciate the box of gum once a year. Don't need it for a while, but I appreciate it. All right. Okay, my you're, pleasure. You're a good yeah, friend, and so I, much, you're a good friend, and I appreciate you coming on to talk about your friend. Likewise, buddy. Thank All right. you so much. Take care. All right, bye now. There's Rob Nelson, uh, the founder of Big League Chew. We're broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios, where you can listen every day, Monday through Friday, the Glenn Clark Radio Show with Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer. We will take one final time out and come back to uh, close things out on the program. Jerry's Tire is located in Baltimore City, just steps away from Little Italy and historic Jonestown. Jerry's not only sells all the major brand tires like Bridgestone, Michelin, and Continental, but is your go-to shop for everything from oil changes to factory scheduled maintenance. All repairs are backed by a nationwide warranty. The team over at Jerry's has been serving the Baltimore area for over 62 years and are eager to earn your business. Give them a call at 410-685-4330 or visit them online at jerrystires.com to shop for tires and schedule an appointment. That's jerrys, G-E-R-R-Y-S, tires.com. 
I like world-famous chicken. You like world-famous chicken. We all like Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Why? Because Royal Farms world-famous chicken's always fresh, never frozen. Because it's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices. Because it's cooked on the spot, right in the store. And because it's the juiciest, best-tasting chicken on the planet. That's why everyone likes Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Western fries, too. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Join the flock as the Chesapeake Bayhawks face off against the New York Lizards for Chesapeake Celebration and Rivalry Night on Saturday, July 20th at 7 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Arrive at 4.30 p.m. to attend our new Lexus tailgate featuring games, live music, and complimentary Bud Light for ticket holders 21 and up. Tickets are available and start at $20. To purchase, visit thebayhawks.com slash tickets or call the Chesapeake Bayhawks ticket office at 866-99-HAWK. Go Bayhawks. This is Ross Grimsley with a reminder to all my baseball friends out there that I'm now part of the Press Box Podcast team. Catch my take on the O's and whatever's going on in this great game of baseball. We'll also touch base with some of my old friends and teammates. Tune in every Tuesday morning or listen anytime at PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross Grimsley Show. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a special double issue celebrating Ed Reed's upcoming induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The legendary safety detailed his odyssey from an unheralded prospect out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to a Hall of Fame career in Baltimore, and his commitment to both hometowns. Plus, the teammates, coaches, family members, and friends that know Ed Reed the best share their favorite stories about him ahead of his induction. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Glory Days Grill-to-Go menu is based on a simple reality. You can't spend your whole life at Glory Days Grill. Your boss wouldn't like it, and neither would your kids or your dog. So come to Glory Days and get your food to go. On your way to soccer practice, or to the office, or to, well, wherever. We know the hardest part of visiting Glory Days Grill is leaving. But at least you take a little piece of us wherever you go. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down. Introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice dream, Chick-fil-A lemonade, and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes, and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient-rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order, and get points towards free stuff at our Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Plus, if you order using your app, your food will be ready when you get there. Stop by Chick-fil-A in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center at 5198 Campbell Boulevard and tell Steve we sent you. We are back in the live casino hotel studios and um, want to tell you about today being a perfect day to stop by Sliders, Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill 
just steps from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for baseball season and all things sports with all the big events on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. You can also book your private parties at Sliders with great spaces upstairs and on the outdoor patio overlooking Camden Yards. Sliders, Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar. See them at slidersbaltimore.com and be sure to visit Sliders today and check out a fancy clancy Pilsner on tap uh, at Sliders. Guys, what are you doing? You both got big wads of something in your mouth. Something. Big something. League big League Chew got in honor of chew. Jim Bouton. Jim and, Bowen, uh, Rob Nelson. Rob Rabbit. Nelson. All right. If you go back and watch later, just know we're doing this for you. All right. And for Jim. All right. Before. Big League Chew, uh, try and grab a pack uh, from somewhere that you shop. Uh, that's going to wrap up our show today. Orioles have a 1 o'clock date with Tampa Bay and a 7 o'clock date Two separate admissions. Uh, I'm guessing tonight is some type of uh, giveaway of Hawaiian shirt night is tonight. Wow. Uh, that's one uh, that fans will want to go to. So they're probably, they couldn't work it out to, to make that a one, uh, one admission doubleheader. All right. That's going to wrap it up. One o'clock, Brendan McKay for Tampa versus Aaron Brooks, the nightcap. A uh, hell of a pitching matchup of two all-stars. Uh, John Means for the Orioles against Charlie Morton. Have a great Saturday afternoon, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you do go, uh, if you do go to the archives to listen to the Rob Nelson interview or anything else on the program, please like the program and share the program. That's it. See ya. <laughs>